Atmaria, welcome to First Up. It's Rahina, Monday, the 21st of November. Cornathan Rarere Aho coming up. We will cross to the United States very shortly, where a special counsel has been appointed to determine whether Donald Trump should face criminal charges. We'll do an explainer on that for you. Also, back home, public transport operators are in desperate need of more drivers. So we talked to an Auckland transport official about how last weekend's job fair went. And we hit the road with the Michael Schumacher of bus drivers to find out just what that job is like. You've got to be a people person. If you are not a people person and you don't want to interact, then you should not be driving a bus because it is people orientated. You're carrying the most precious cargo, which is human beings. Mikey, first up, I'm Nathan Rarere. Hope you um, managed to get through the weekend without uh, too much weather affecting you. Some magnificent water spouts uh, down the uh, in Auckland uh, yesterday. So this is life, you, don't, you know, like the tornado-y things that are out in the water. And I always think with those, there's some poor fish swimming along, get sucked up, spun around, dropped in a completely different neighbourhood. No idea where it is. Like, oh, what a night that was. Far out. Anyway, so, um, yes, I hope that the weather did not affect you. But we will go to the, to the United States first this morning. Anna Burns Francis is with us. Kia ora, Anna. How are you? Uh, I'm not a fish that's been pulled up in a water spout, but it is a bit cold. So um, now uh, Twitter, boy, that's been interesting. Some people saying, gee, I wish Elon Musk had bought Teams and crashed that. But uh, tell me about this. (laughs) Twitter, Donald Trump has been allowed back on. How's that gone? Yeah, look, I too wish this had happened to Teams. Uh, (laughs) But Donald Trump might not have made an appearance back there either. He hasn't come back to Twitter. But this all came about because uh, Elon Musk, who is, of course, Twitter's new owner, and appears to be lurching from one disaster to the next, ran a poll on whether the former president, that's the one who incited a riot, should be allowed back on the platform. Narrow, self-selected margin, said yes, and voila, last night it happened. Uh, But the former guy actually says he's not really that interested. He's got his own platform, thank you, uh, where he can say what he wants whenever he wants, which is completely true, but I bet he caves at some point. He is obsessed with garnering attention, and not just from those already loyal to him. If there's anything left of Twitter next month, I'll put a dollar on Donald Trump being back by then too. All right, there we go. Hey, um, sad news here, and it's so sad, Anna, that when we're right in our notes, oh, we must ask Anna about the shooting, and unfortunately by the time you arrive, it's which one? So we were going to speak to you about Idaho, but also another shooting in Colorado as well. Yeah, so uh, I'll, I'll touch on Idaho, uh, Idaho quickly. This is actually a stabbing. It's really bizarre, really oh. awful crime that's left students uh, in the small, very small city of Moscow, Idaho, scared to go out at night. Four students stabbed to death in their beds while they were asleep. The weird thing is there were two other flatmates at home who heard or saw nothing until midday the next day when they discovered the crime. Now, police initially said there's nothing to worry about, but a week later, they found no weapon and no killer. So, of course, it's Thanksgiving. What a terrible time for this tragedy to happen for those families. But also, the town that hasn't seen a murder in seven years, well, now all the students are leaving just to go home for the year early, not wanting to hang around while this crime remains unsolved. But, of course, that's another crime that's happened overnight. Fire, And this is in Colorado Springs, so different state. At least five people dead already, another 18 injured, and some of them in quite critical condition after a shooting at a gay club. It could have been much worse, though, because the gunman had two rifles, but he was stopped quite quickly by patrons at the club. Now, the guy who's been put in custody has the same name as someone who used or threatened to use a bomb and weapons 
on his own mother last year. Now, this is, of course, being investigated as a hate crime, but police have already said they have to check what Colorado's hate crimes are before they decide whether to prosecute under them. They did arrive within six minutes of the call, uh, but, you know, this is a really conservative, very heavily Republican area with a thriving, surprisingly thriving little LGBTQ community, and they'll be in shock this morning, of course, comparing this attack to the last high-profile hate crime shooting, that one in Florida at a club yeah. a few years ago where a gunman killed 49 people. That's right. It's horrible hearing these stories. Let's um, let's go to weather. People love to chat a bit about the weather, but east coast of the United States getting smashed by snowstorms. Tell us about these are big ones, aren't they? Brutal, brutally cold, massive dumping of snow upstate. It's up to 180 centimetres in some places, which, without appearing too short, that's over my head. Uh, It's minus four again this morning, and although it's no longer coming straight down, it's not over yet. The weather advisory is for continuing drifts to go through until tonight. Not as bad as Snowvember, they call it, of 2014. That was more than 200 centimetres, but also 13 people died in that. So, so far... No known loss of life, but fingers crossed. And uh, finally, uh, it was Joe Biden's birthday yesterday. I think, what, 80 years old. Um, but his, what is, he got to go to a wedding. Did he get to go to his granddaughter's wedding? He, I, uh, don't, uh, yes, I think he did make it back in time. Yeah, yeah, Peter, Neil, and Naomi Biden married on the front lawn at the weekend. Uh, you've got to think they also met, wrapped up extra warm. It's not that much warmer further south in DC. The couple kept it a pretty private family affair. I can't give you too much goss on it, sorry, but it was paid for by uh, Naomi's very favourite grandparent. They're very fond of their granddaughter. Naomi Biden also lives at the White House. That's not bad. There, I hope she's paying board. She'll be paying board. Thank you very much. Anna Burns Francis, uh, who is with us every week from the USA. It is 11 minutes past five here at First Up on RNZ National with me, Nathan Rarity. Well, it's all of us, isn't it, really? So uh, I'd like your stories. Uh, tell us your weather stories from the weekend, if you have them. Uh, even your thoughts, too, perhaps uh, on the Football World Cup. It's an odd one, this one. A very odd one. And uh, we'll get into that this morning, actually. But uh, 2101 is the way that you can contact us. Yeah, the uh, 2022 men's FIFA World Cup is underway in Qatar. The BBC's John Watson filed this uh, just before the first game kicked off at 5am this morning between Qatar and Ecuador. Yes, welcome to the Albait Stadium. As you can hear, the fans are so, so excited. We're 35 kilometres north of Doha and this is an arena like no other that I've seen before based on a Bedouin tent to reflect the history and honour the nomadic peoples of Qatar. And it's literally a giant canopy which covers the stadium. There's a cooling system, there's a retractable roof. But I have to talk about the temperature because the sun set about an hour ago and it's very cool now here outside the stadium. So the players won't have any problems when it comes to the temperatures. That won't be a factor during this opening game of World Cup 2022. It's been a joyous atmosphere, to be honest, outside the stadium. The Qatar fans, obviously the host nation, they will outnumber the Ecuador fans. Many of the Qatar fans turning up in traditional dress, many in the replica shirts as well, the red Qatar kit carrying their flags. But the Ecuador fans, they will make some noise. They are here in their numbers as well, in their yellow shirts, a sprinkling of red and blue as well to reflect the flag. And it really has been a positive, joyous atmosphere outside. The fans getting on really well, taking pictures with each other, swapping flags. It's, uh, it's, it's been great to see. All the, 
talking the build-up to this World Cup. It's about to get underway. The football is about to start and Qatar are about to make their World Cup debut. I've been talking to some of the fans here about how much they're enjoying this occasion. It's a big event and it's happening in Qatar, first time. And we're going to show all the world how Qatar will do the best. And Actually, we are so proud. Yeah. Before we see it, we are so proud. Seeing our country have developed this all short time. The stadium, the services, we can see all the kind of people celebrate, celebrating together and happy together. Actually, this is Qatar. Mm. Well, the decision to hold the World Cup in a country with zero football history and a questionable human's right, uh, human rights record led to calls from some for the event to be boycotted. But in a somewhat bizarre 57-minute speech ahead of the opening ceremony, FIFA president Gianni Infantino turned the tables and accused the tournament's critics of staggering hypocrisy and racism. Today I feel uh, Qatari. Today I feel Arab. Today I feel African. Today I feel uh, gay. Today I feel disabled. Today I feel uh, a migrant worker. Yeah, today I feel like talking to Alex Beard, which is good because he's in Doha, which is Qatar's capital. Kia ora, Alex, how are you? Kia ora, well, he's got a lot of feels, doesn't he? <laughs> what was going on with that speech? Oh, it was, just, it was a lot. Um, I don't think any of us expected him to go on this oh, rant because he hadn't even been asked a question yet. This had been a media conference that had been called and I think for over 40 minutes he just he just held forth. And he wasn't, he wasn't, for instance, defending Qatar's human rights record and that sort of thing, but he was just making the point that the West has been very quick to judge. And he, he made the point of, he picked an arbitrary figure. He said, you know, the West has been making kind of dodgy moral decisions for the last 3,000 years, so why does the West feel like it has the right to judge Qatar at this particular moment um, in its history? And, you know, he's got, he's got a bit of a point there. You know, the West has done some pretty nasty stuff, um, but I don't think that that should be used as an excuse um, for some of the things that, that have happened. But quite an unusual, strange speech from Infantino, um, only about a day out from the World Cup. So, yeah, strange one. It's always interesting when you get a large happening in your town or your city, no matter where you are, because what becomes normal all of a sudden becomes boom. You know, uh, mm. people from out of town and things anywhere. Can you tell us what is the vibe uh, like there in, in Doha? And are you noticing, you know, lots of new people around? Oh, absolutely. You've got, you've got to remember that unlike New Zealand, we're 5 million, right? But we're spread over a fairly large area. You've got around 3 million people usually in Qatar, but almost all of them live in the one city. So everyone is a fairly condensed city outside of here. It's basically primarily desert. So you've definitely seen a huge influx, influx of people where we're expecting around 1.2 million odd people to come over the next four or so weeks. Um, you're definitely seeing a lot more people on on the roads. They've closed down huge parts of the city and turned them, for instance, into fan zones. There's flags up everywhere. You see everyone with their. Um, I've been seeing a lot of people with their little FIFA um, FIFA World Cup kind of lanyard, feeling all very proud of themselves, and a lot of people in fancy, fancy dress. But I would say that a solid. <sighs> A third to a quarter of the people you're seeing out in the city at the moment are definitely here for the World Cup. So it's definitely changed up living in this city quite substantially. 
Oh, Alex, there's always that group of reporters with the polo shirts on and the lanyards feeling very special about themselves, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> As they go around and compare what's happening in the tents and that. I mean, look, I've, I've seen some videos. I saw one um, online just overnight, I believe it was a BBC report, of the, the little village that some of them were in, which was just, a, you know, tents. They had a padlock that they could lock the zip with. I think it was 175 pounds a night. Uh, is, is, is pretty amazing uh, for the prices there. The prices around town, do you know, have they surged up a little because there are, uh, you know, visitors in? Or I'm just wondering if it's $175 to stay in a tent that doesn't have air conditioning. How, how, how much is it, at least, do you, do you have an idea of how much it is to stay in any of those expensive places in town? Yeah, it's not cheap, is it? Well, um, there definitely has been a surge in prices, especially at the hotels. Um you have a lot of temporary accommodation that's been set up to try and bring those prices down. We've had kind of portacom villages set up in the desert. We've had, I think it's either two or three cruise ships that are now docked in the in the port um, as temporary accommodation. But you're definitely seeing the prices of things like um, alcohol have gone up. The prices of things like like uh, Ubers have gone up, you know, maybe 50 to 100%. You do hear the odd instance of, for instance, um, rents, which was a really interesting one in the lead-up to the World Cup. There was a bit of a habit of some landlords wanting to kick their tenants out so that they could get kind of Airbnb money when people get into this country. And they were basically saying, you know, if you can't afford to pay double the rent you're currently paying, well, sorry, you're not going to be in here anymore. We're going to put it up as an Airbnb. So these sorts of things were really affecting people in the, in the run-up to the World Cup. But I think in terms of... In terms of living in Doha, the average price of food and things like that hasn't really gone up. It's one of those unusual cities where you've got a huge... The pictures you're seeing and the pictures you'll see in the media um, are these kind of new, very futuristic-looking parts of the city. But there are also older parts of the city that were built in the 60s or 70s, where a lot of people who work in the service industry and whatnot live. Mm. Um, that's where you find the way of life and the kind of more realistic life of what it's actually like to be in this country. And in, the, in those places, it's... It's cheaper, but in those big, flashy places, definitely more expensive than we're used to. Alex, restrictions, one of the big stories beforehand, you know, oh, yeah, I don't think you can do this there. I don't think you can do that there. So you tell us, can you just take us a quick, quick run through what you know might be banned or not permitted at this World Cup that people from perhaps the Western world might be surprised by? This is an interesting one, right? Now, I work with with a lot of Westerners, and and sometimes it can feel a bit like a Western expat bubble. I would say that there are things, and this is in a lot of places, especially in the Gulf, where there are things on the books, for instance, that are illegal. Homosexuality is illegal, but there has never been a death sentence carried out, for instance, in Qatar anyway. Um, there are certain things like it's uh, once you're out, you, you are allowed to drink. There are clubs here. There is a thriving nightlife, but bars are only allowed in hotels or have been up until now. But the moment you leave that hotel, technically, you're only allowed to have 0% blood alcohol as you're even walking down the street. So you hear the horror story of someone tripping and they've got a little bit of blood alcohol within them. But to be honest, I think a lot of the fear that's been whipped up, and especially Western media, I hate to say it, it's not really the reality of living here. It's pretty easy to live a fairly comfortable life here. You know, I'm from New Zealand. I know another 10, 15 New Zealanders who live here. And Apart from the usual gripes about work, you can live a pretty normal, albeit slightly expensive, life here. And, and you can go out, you can have a drink, you can go out. It's it's technically, as I said, illegal to be gay, but I know plenty of gay guys here and they haven't had any issues. You kind of, you, you learn, it's kind of one of those things where you go to a country, you know what's technically 
allowed, you know, what's culturally expected, and you kind of look at the people around you and you work out who your crew are. So I really think some of this has been overplayed. I saw something, for instance, saying, oh, Doha's only got a few bars, but, you know, there would be well over 100, 200, 300 clubs in the city. So I think some of this has been overstated, and you can have a pretty normal life here, but it's true, some things on the books are illegal, but when it actually comes to the reality of living here, it's a very different story. Mm. Alex, thank you very much for your time, sir. There we are, straight from Doha's mouth. Twenty minutes gone. The first goal of the World Cup's been scored by Ena Valencia, the interesting captain of Ecuador. It is twenty-two past five. And Nathan Rarity, you are here listening to First Up on RNZ National. Coming up, we've got the Minister of Fruit and Veggies with you. Also, we'll have a look back at the All Blacks game and what happened in that last ten minutes. Amazing. Where they are standing in the air. Big ones, small ones, some as big as Yes, it's the World Cup of Produce. The Minister of Fruit and Veggies is here, Team Captain. Morena Glenn, how are you? Morena Nathan, very well. Yourself? I'm pretty good. Now tell me this, the mystery, I always love a mystery, Mystery Veggie Shopper is back. What's it, what's it about this time? <laughs> I know, we've got to find out who that is. Vegetables.co.nz, they're so passionate about our industry, and their veggie-loving mystery shopper had another shop for sub-$20, and this time it was New World in Nelson last week. It's another impressive haul, showing New Zealand veggies in season is the way to go. Asparagus, lettuce, broccoli, eggplant, two avocados, two capsicums, three carrots, and three beets. 14 items, actually, not bad for $1.40 each. Now, check it out in more detail on the vegetables.co.nz website and select the heading Veggie Chat. That page in itself is impressive. So many things to click on and read about, but the whole website is very busy, to be honest, starting with all our vegetables from A to Z and so much more like preparation tips and recipes. We've got to mention beetroot, though. Canned or fresh, they're gorgeous. I just eat them straight out of the can, but adding them to salad with a dash of lemon juice and olive oil is also a treat. They're packed with incredible vitamins, minerals, and fiber. Great for immunity, blood pressure, cardiovascular function, and brain health. And how's this? The beautiful red beet is packed with betalain, making it an, an antioxidant rock star, they say. So, yeah, that's a... Pretty good call. Well, I only want a rock star of antioxidants. I don't want these pop carry-ons. Uh, tell me about good veggie buys this week. Okay, veggie buys. There's no, um, there's no flies on the mystery shopper. A lot of their purchases in Nelson were also in good supply this morning on the Auckland market floors, namely lettuce, asparagus, capsicums, and broccoli. You can add to this cucumbers, king sweeties, kumara, and tomatoes. And if you see any, see any five kilo bags of Masters roasting potatoes, grab some. Masters are an exceptional potato grower from Pukekohe. A couple of fun facts: the New Zealand potato industry value is just over one billion dollars per annum, uh, with about 180 potato growers in New Zealand. Now, our industry lost a very good man in September, Pravin Master of Bombay. Out of Pukekohe High School, he helped his older brother and father in the family market gardening business, then named H Master and Sons, established in the 1950s. Pravin is remembered as having an incredible drive and passion for business. He excelled at connecting with people, which just came naturally to him. A lot of the potatoes, onions and lettuces we have eaten, they would have come from the touch and love of this wonderful man. Now, as mentioned earlier, it is true now to put new, new season potatoes back on the home menu. It may seem to be sort of an anomaly that what is by re- repute the humblest of our vegetables should also be the most important to our daily dietary 
requirements. The beautiful, yeah, potato. Yeah, it's the hydrogen of the meal. It's the building block of them all. Um, tell me about fruit this week. What do you got in the fruit world? Oh, far out after we talked on Friday, chatted with the Wellington Market, who received yeah. some blackberry returns for poor quality. So, you know, just after we gave them fruit of the oh. week, I was mortified. Um, but so, so a timely reminder in these tough growing conditions right now of hot, cold, rain, heat and humidity all over the show. Give all berries you buy the Nathan test. Look through the tops, sides and check their bottoms. Buy frequently and, and rush to your fridge. Uh, plenty of fresh fruits, yeah, plenty of fresh fruits in good supply this week. Imported lines include pomegranates, USA grapes, and Australian four mandarins. Homegrown goods, we have Encore mandarins, blueberries, winter nellis pears, avocados, pearl nectarines from Yummy, and apples this week featuring uh, jazz and ambrosia. Now, some tips on storing avocado. Ripe whole fruit can be refrigerated, but only for, say, two to three days before that shot. Cut avocado can be sprinkled with lemon juice in an airtight container and put in the fridge too, but only one to two days on this one. If the top layer goes brown, you can just scrape that off. You could also puree avocado with lemon juice and freeze up to four months. And you've got to check out some recipes on nzavocado.co.nz. On the top line, there is a beautiful, creamy-looking avocado mayo one, which is good to try. Have a look at that one. And then there is avocado popsicles. No joke, avocado and kiwi fruit popsicles combined. Yeah, crazy. Mm. <laughs> have a look at that one. We will do. Thank you very much, Glenn. Uh, Glenn there. So, goodness me, the, the Blackberry 2101. Should it be stripped the first time ever, stripped of its Fruit of the Week title? Controversial. Like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. The day of our life we call the 21st of November because we're running out of days in the year. Happy birthday, Private Benjamin. Goldie Horn is 77 years old today. Love Goldie Horn. Also, uh, a singer from Iceland who sings all sorts of odd lyrics like, I could fold into a little star and be on a rainbow. Her name is Björk. She is 57 years old today. Also born on this day in 1694, Francois-Marie Voltaire. Um, it, it's attributed to him. We believe it, it was him. I disapprove of what you say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. Uh, also born on this day in 1877, Virgil Brown. Who? Oh, he only invented the six-pack. Invented that in 1923 when he was working for Coca-Cola. Then he also invented vending, vending machines and parking meters. Virgil Brown. There you are. A lot of inventing. And let's look at the world of film. On this day in 1942 was the first time that Tweety Bird appeared on screen. Originally named Orson and actually three years older than Sylvester because Sylvester appeared later on. Sylvester and Tweety worked together in the first uh, instance in a film in 1947 called Tweety Pie which also won the studio's first Academy Award for Best Short Movie. And on this day in 1976, Rocky. Of course, the movie that Sylvester Stallone wrote, starred in and shopped around at premiered in New York, won the best picture in 1977. I love that movie. Don't watch it again, though. It's really slow, and boy, is it does it drag on. And I thought, no, surely it was better than this one. I watched it the first time, wasn't it? But anyway, Rocky, magnificent film, and those are the happenings for this day, the 21st of November. I need a dollar, 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 that's what I need. Hey, hey. Well, I need a dollar, 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 that's what I need. Hey, hey. Said I need Share with you my story Would you share your dollar with me 
to have a look at what's happening. Uh, sorry, what's happening in the business team's world? It's Andrew McRae who's with me. Kia ora, Andrew. How are you? Uh, good day, Nathan. I'm good, thanks. Okay, um, tell me about this Reserve Bank and official cash rates. Oh, they love to be together. What are they doing this week? <laughs> it could be the highest hike in the OCR we've seen in more than 20 years, and we can hear about that on Wednesday. It's all part of the Reserve Bank's step to fight uh, rampant inflation. Now, most economists are forecasting the bank to raise the cash rate by 75 basis points, which equates to 4.25%. That's the final monetary policy statement of the year, so that'll be interesting. It's going to be the the biggest lift in the OCR since it was introduced as a monetary policy tool back in the late 90s. Uh, The rates are expected to go even higher early next year. And the predictions are levels will go, you know, up to around about 5.25% before it peaks. That's certainly the view of ASB's uh, chief economist, Nick Tuffley. Uh, he doesn't think the bank will go, uh, you know, ha- he doesn't really think it's done the job yet. Um, and it's basically going to be thinking end of the year, you know, you know thinking hard. Has it, has it done enough? Annual inflation has remained stubbornly high at 7.2% for the three months in September, which is well above the central bank's forecast of 6.4%. And Nick Tuffley, uh, though, is not ruling out a, a smaller 50 basis point hike on Wednesday. He said he'd be mildly, mildly surprised, but only in the sense that uh, the bank has been doing 50 basis point moves for about five times in a row now. Now, the question for the bank is, with all the signs of the economy heating up a bit recently, and there's been a three-month gap since its uh, next decision, will it prefer to just front up you know, straight on, on Wednesday and say, let's go up 75 basis points in, in one go? Uh, the central bank was uh, early in its move to hike interest rates, but according to another expert, and this is uh, Westpac's chief uh, economist, acting chief economist, Michael Gordon, uh, the Reserve Bank faces a real risk of an inflationary spiral. Now, he believes given the momentum and domestic demand and the, the cautious initial pace of rate hikes, and the economy has become increasingly overheated, and the advantage appears to have been lost. And now a much higher level of interest rates will be needed to bring inflation back under control. And his bank, uh, the Westpac, is forecasting the OCA, OCR to peak at 5% uh, early next year as well. He says since the, the last OCR review in October, economic data has been a stream of uncomfortable news on the inflation front. And looking at the, the September quarter, uh, consumers uh, price index that uh, showed that rises have been coming more widespread, as we all know, and are increasingly being driven by local f- forces. So, Nathan, everyone's holding its, their breath on Wednesday afternoon, waiting to hear what uh, Reserve Bank Governor Avery Nor has to say. Uh, just a, a quick in, uh, inquiry that's just come to me for people in the world that don't have a mortgage, they're, they're caring about this going, does this mean my term deposit interest rates will go up? Yes, it will. Yes. Okay. Don't know how much, but just, yeah. It goes up too. Thank you uh, very much, Andrew McRae there. You can hear more from the business team on Morning Report this morning at 10 to 7. So let's see how your New Zealand dollar does when it's out there being traded in the world. It's currently at 61.54 US cents, 92.16 Australian cents, 59.54 Euro cents, 51.70 British pence, 4.37 yuan and 86.34 Japanese yen. Right, let's have a look at all that's going on in the world of sport, and the sport just keeps happening. It's Barry Guy who's with me. Kia ora, Barry. How are you? We're in, uh, yeah, good. Yeah. I see. All Blacks are over and done with for the season. Yes. I liked well, it right up to the last the two way. minutes. Things yeah. Just, 
You know, number one, I, I, here's what I thought. Number one, it shows how important Aaron Smith is in this team because we still haven't got the, the correct backup for him that's good enough consistently. And number two, when you take your fullback out nowadays, they do so much organising on defence that that showed up big time in Pro Nepal Lalala. He got isolated three times in those tries. He's just not quick enough across the field. That's what I'd say. Very good. So they finished with uh, seven wins, one draw, uh, four losses uh, from the season. Last hmm. year they actually won 12 and lost three. But um, I think possibly the All Blacks are making progress. Yes. Uh, it may not be enough uh, to win the World Cup next year, but um, I, you know, I think they don't need to be bagged too much uh, to tell you the, the truth. And uh, uh, um, uh, having that draw, which to the All Blacks feels like a defeat and for the English feels like a victory, having that and thinking about that over the summer... For the rest of uh, you know the going into next season is possibly not a bad thing for in, everyone in involved. In my selfish heart, I thought, ah oh, man, we, you know, it looked like we were going to wallop them. I thought, ah oh, man, someone's got to get Race's phone and throw it in the ocean so the British can't get to him with all their pounds. But anyway, let's uh, move on to other things. Um, football yesterday, the Phoenix back in action. Yeah, uh, the uh, women opened yes. up their uh, first ever home game. Uh, I watched that. Um, a good competitive first half, a few nerves there. Uh, the class of Melbourne City just came through in the second half and scored four uh, goals, but. Uh, some good signs there. Good to have a little bit of experience there in the midfield now. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think they'll be better for that. And, um, you know, they'll, they'll do, do all right. Of course, the uh, the World Cup uh, has started. First game's uh, underway. And um, it may be a new experience for some of the fans that will be going along because they can't buy a beer now. So they may actually see a completely different game than what they're used to. Uh, with uh, clear eyes and all of those sorts of things now. So, uh, um, yeah, <laughs> good, good luck to those that were thinking they were just going to go along and get plastered and perhaps um, do whatever they do when they do get plastered. So Ecuador, I think, are leading 2-0 still. Yes, they are. Coming Inch- up to halftime against Qatar. It's their so. captain who scored twice, the, a man who once uh, faked an injury to be taken off the field by a cart because he was being uh, tried. they were trying to serve him with a summons for child support. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the most incredible sports videos you'll ever see. He gets piled onto that little golf cart, and then there's 12 police sort of jog running after him as they're trying to get around the track. <laughs> Boy. Uh, uh, India well won, uh, easily won yeah. the second uh, T20 international last night, Bay, Bay over Mount Mokanui by 65 runs. Uh, Yadav scored a ton. Uh, Kane Williamson got 61. Tim Southey got a... Uh, a hat trick, but uh, yep. So they lead that one nil. Uh, I think the next one's in Hawks Bay. Mm. Uh, so looking forward to that. Um, uh, oh, I just while I remember, um, TJ Perinara did his ACL. He's out for nine months. So that's just come through this morning. So he probably won't be in contention for the World Cup next year. Yeah, sort of the breaking news. Oh, that's a shame. All right, yep. thank you uh, very much. There Have he a good is. one. Enjoy yeah. the cup. Yeah, we'll do. Barry Guy with all of the sporting news for you. And I just see, uh, was the headline? The, the referee awarded himself uh, man of the match yesterday uh, in the in the All Blacks game. Thank you very much. Very prominent. It is 22.6. I'm Nathan Adderley here at First Up on RNZ National. So we're going to get very transporty between now and the end of the programme. We're going to look at the staffing shortage facing public transport operators and how they're trying to attract people to the industry. Plus, we're going to hit the road with one of the drivers, the Michael Schumacher of bus drivers, actually, to find out what the job is like. It is uh, scored 2-0. Uh, someone asked for a score update. 2-0. 
in the game between Ecuador and Qatar as they open the Football World Cup. The professionals of Morning Reporter here. It's Corin Dan who's with us. Uh, interesting old old start here, Corin. We've been over and, and had a chat with uh, people in Doha already today, and I'm not sure if you've seen mm. some of the some of the accommodation not quite up to what people thought they were getting, but apparently incredibly luxurious. Seems very seems very rocks or diamonds, whichever one you're getting. It has been an extraordinary start, given the uh, FIFA boss's uh, hour long outburst, <laughs> which was just extraordinary, in which he sort of called everybody hypocrites for criticising Qatar for uh, its human rights record. So there's yeah. been so much controversy leading into this. It uh, it's sort of seems weird now that there's a game underway. Um, there wasn't much controversy about that first penalty, though, was there? He pretty much just tripped up the goalkeeper, <laughs> tripped him up. <laughs> anyway, today I feel like tripping a striker. Maybe that's what he said, and that's what you get. It's the Today I Feel World Cup, and it's quite good. Today yeah. I Feel opening. That's right. This is uh, this is this is his thing, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, very strange. Anyway, we'll have a little bit on that. We'll, we will obviously be covering uh, both the football and the controversies around the football World Cup uh, and uh, the coverage of it. Uh, in terms of our main stories, we'll look at COP twenty seven. Uh, some good, but a lot of bad uh, for climate. Uh, for the climate, really, and the uh, efforts mm. to try and reduce fossil fuels and emissions, there's not much in it, f- uh, well, new in it, from the previous COP. So James Shaw, hoping to get hold of him in Egypt. Uh, we talked to the Defence Minister uh, following the uh, whistle-stop visit to Ukraine, so we'll get the latest from him. Also, Grant Robertson is in, in for the Prime Minister. Uh, yeah, and we'll cover off the All Blacks, I suppose. End of the season. Yeah. It was. I really. You would have been the same. Really enjoyed the first eighty percent of that game. Oh, that just about ruined my morning though. That Boy. nine minutes. But I've sort of trying to come around to the idea that actually we, I think we made progress this year. As we did. Awful We're as it so was, much better, and you know. there's some good signs. Yeah. And it's not next year's the one where we need to really kick on and we don't want everyone thinking we're great again we want to be the sort of sort of underdogs don't stealth we? on in that's right that'd be quite good eh? I'll try mm. that one thank you very much Corin Dan Peter uh, here's one from Peter uh, that's uh, on the feedback line Qatar where do they get their water from P.S. Benny Hinare did he bring any scalps back or at least a cost benefit analysis like orphans and widows to the dollar we aren't going to reverse polar melting if we're busy killing each other no peace no future uh, says Peter yeah well, um, New Zealand's bus companies are having to offer drivers more remuneration amidst a nationwide driver shortage. Last month, the government spent $61 million to lift bus driver wages, but the shortage of staff remains. First up, wanted to know what it has meant for public transport operators and what's in store for people who sign up to become a driver. Reporter Leonard Powell headed along to Howick and Eastern Buses in Auckland to find out. The Howick and Eastern bus depot off Tarako Drive is a bustling place with 220 drivers on the books and 177 buses. Inside, the admin team scramble to ensure school and public bus schedules are being met and there are enough drivers to cover each route. You'd be hard pressed to find a bus driver more passionate about their career than Shale Johnston, who speaks to me from inside the Southern Hemisphere's only hydrogen powered bus. I've been bus driving for about 18 months now. I thoroughly enjoy it. I've always wanted to uh, drive bus and interact with the public. Um, in my previous life, I was in security for about 33 years. And yeah, it's getting to the point that I wanted to really try it, and I absolutely love it. Bus driver shortages have been well documented, particularly in Auckland, where the super city is 500 drivers short. The government last month announced a $61 million fund over the next four years to boost bus driver wages and conditions. 
It's hoped the money will lift wages to around $30 an hour in the cities and around $28 in the regions. Here in East Auckland, a sandwich board advertises a starting wage of $27.45 an hour. The maximum amount of hours a driver can work per week is 70, though Howick and Easton say they don't roster anywhere near this amount. Under NZTA law, the max a driver can do in a day is 13 hours, though Howick and Easton say typical shifts are between 9 and 9.5. And Shale makes the most of the extra work on offer. It's a double-edged sword because we're about five or 600 drivers short in Auckland at the moment. If you want extra work, it is always there. So if you have the um, capacity to work long hours, then it's there for you. Harjeet and Gil are bus driving instructors. Both have 20 years' experience in the industry. They let me sit in as they put seven new drivers through their paces. And it's not easy. Gil explains what makes driving a bus tricky. The main uh, difference between a bus and any other vehicle on the road is that uh, it has overhang. The tyres are behind the driver. Most of uh, the vehicles, whatever we are driving on the road, their tyres are either in front or people are sitting on the wheels, like trucks. It is a very unpredictable vehicle, so you really need to be careful when you are driving around. Driver in training Rohit has six years' experience as a retail manager. He says the biggest pull for him is job security. The good pay rate now, even the government has injected in some more money just to increase the pay rate for the drivers. And the comfortness of the work. Uh, they teach and they train you so well that you don't feel any kind of tension or burden on your mind. You do your duty and you just go home. That's all. So whatever is on the work, you leave it at the workplace and go home with all your calmness. Fellow trainee Gordon is nearly 50 years old. The former cabinet maker said it was time for a career change. I'm getting older now. I just want some job like very reliable. Over here, the environment, I'm very like it. It's very peaceful. Just like Gil and Hodges, the teacher, is very nice and friendly and very patient for us. Bob is also a new recruit. His driving experience has been limited to cars, but he's keen to learn and loves the fact he gets paid to train. I've been here already six weeks, still at the first steps, but the one point is, like they said, it's a good pay now, and another very good point for anyone wants to come to, to be the bus driver is the training, then you got the pay for your training. Doesn't matter how many weeks, you already got paid for your training. Learning to drive a bus usually takes between one and three months. To be eligible to train, you must have had a Class 1 licence, also known as a full licence, for at least two years. From there, those who don't already have higher qualifications are required to gain a Class 2, as well as sit various theory and practical tests. Shale has some advice for his new colleagues. Unfortunately, when you're driving a vehicle, people nowadays are in such a hurry to get from point A to point B that it doesn't matter what you're driving, they will always try to get in front. Unfortunately, we just live in society and they were people are just in, in a hurry. My favourite quote is, the only person who hasn't cut me off is myself. He tells me how he got his nickname. Michael Schumacher, well, that, that can be one of two things. That can be either because I drive very fast, which I don't, or that I'm very professional and very proficient. I pride myself on that I have really good work ethic and I give 100% and I get the job done. And he also has some advice for people thinking about taking up bus driving as a career. You've got to be a people person. If you are not a people person and you don't want to interact, then you should not be driving a bus because it is people orientated. You're carrying the most precious cargo, which is human beings. So if you're not doing your job up to a certain standard, not just the driving, but also the interacting with the people, yeah, it can have um, dire consequences. And despite rising wages, 
Howick Easton's operations manager Troy O'Day says there are still times when he needs to get behind the wheel himself. The company says it's still 18 drivers short. Leonard Powell with that report. And over the weekend, Auckland Transport held a careers day at Britomart Station to try and recruit bus and train drivers as well as ferry skippers and crew and also parking officers. I asked AT's manager of Metro Services, Catherine Jones, how many people turned up? We were actually really lucky. So we had it Saturday 10 till 2 and we were just had the perfect weather window. It didn't rain at all. And so we had really quite a few people through. And I think we got something like a few hundred sign-ups. So we're really, really happy. That's pretty cool because when you do these things, uh, you know, I guess there's totals where you're hoping for and you think, oh, maybe it might be this. How did that sort of sit for you? Was that above what you expected? We really weren't sure. We did try to make it easy for people to by providing fee, free public transport to get there, but we just really didn't didn't know. It's a it's a pretty tough employment market out there, so we were just hoping, and uh, yeah, we're really pleased with the result. We had a little jazz band there and a big yellow bus to attract a few eyeballs that were walking past. Yeah, nice. So to get to this situation, can you just explain to everyone out there? So how short are you on drivers at Auckland Transport? For bus drivers, we're short around about five hundred. And we're short by about 30 ferry crews. And we've got a few uh, vacancies across our rail network as well. Wow. I mean, that seems like a large number to me. It is a large number. Is that a large number to be be short of? How is that affecting services? Well, we've been in a position where we've been cancelling. We were cancelling up to 1,500 trips a day on the bus network. So that's trips, not not bus routes. Mm. We got to the point where we could see that it was really upsetting and really uncertain for customers. So we actually took a bunch of those trips out of our timetable a couple of weeks ago so that we could give customers some more certainty. And that seems to have been received quite well. But look, we would rather be running those trips, but it's very difficult to do when you don't have enough drivers. And has that driver shortage, has that sort of been trickling over time or has it all come at once like how did you end up there before covid we were starting to get a shortage but it was being covered by some people working extra hours and that kind of thing we're just sort of we could see it coming and then obviously with covid we dropped down to reduce services while people were in lockdown so that that kind of hit the problem for quite some time and then when we started to return to services over COVID, there was also some drivers that just took the decision not to return for health reasons or some of them were, some of our more elderly drivers were a bit worried about COVID mm. and we had normal attrition. And then also because the borders were closed, there started to be a lot of competition in the employment market and some of our drivers went and worked for other types of companies to oh, do okay. yeah, different types of work. Yeah, because I mean, when we've been doing our, our stories, we've noticed there is a bit of a, I guess, an ageing demographic, you could say there with, with some of them in the industry. So I'm wondering then with uh, something like this you've had on, did you manage to bring in some of the younger perhaps prospects? And also, what do you think has been stopping younger people from applying beforehand? So we've always had a range of people applying and we encourage that. We're, um, Auckland Transport's a pretty diverse organisation, so we want young, we want old, we want in the middle, um, we want all different ethnicities. Um, we'd really encourage any Māori or Pacifica and women that are listening that would like to come and join us because those are definitely groups we need more of. I think maybe in the last little while, particularly with the election in Auckland, um, Auckland Transport hasn't been the most popular, but I can say that it's a really great place to work. Lots of really enthusiastic people, and we're doing some important work out there. I see you're advertising for roles for driving buses on Waiheke uh, as well. You'd have to be a pretty uh, slick operator and driver to get around some of those roads. 
Yeah, I went out there a couple of weeks to go to talk to the drivers and there are some very narrow roads and so you do have to follow the safety rules. They've got uh, lots of mirrors and things to help them out. Uh, yeah, but if anyone doesn't realise, you don't have to live in Waiheke to be a bus driver out there. You can commute out there on the ferries. And what a beautiful place to work too is, is a good exactly. thing. Exactly. see it all. So I guess, um, can you just explain that? So there might be people who go, oh, I didn't realise this was on or whatever. Tell us about what the new wages look like, but also what do they have to front up with? I guess in, well, in HT licence? No, you just need a driver's licence and then you get paid to train up to get your, your licence for to drive a heavy vehicle. Fantastic. So well, what do the new wages uh, look like? What's, what's that scheme look like? We've got eight different bus operators across Auckland. The average wage is around about $27, I think. Yeah, so you would start on somewhere between 25 and 28 depending on which operator and where you go, and you get paid to train, and then you start. So we are hoping, so far we've put through $2.50 an hour pay increase this year, uh, $1.50 on 1st of July and another dollar on the 1st of September. And then we're hoping early next year to get access to the money the government announced a few weeks ago. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think that's fantastic too because there's not many places you can train and not be left you know, in debt afterwards when you do it. So that's pretty cool. Finally, I, we did see there that you must have had some brave people. They're parking officers. It seems like a thankless job. Tell me, did you have any people come and, and have a look at being like a, a parking officer? Yeah, we did have some people interested in being parking officers, yes, and also to work in our AT customer care centre. Yeah. So, yeah, no, we had a range of people sign up across um, all the different roles we had, including we had our three ferry operators there, so people that like to um, have a job out on the water, especially over summer, yeah. it's a good place to go. It is. That's AT's Manager of Metro Services, Catherine Jones. And uh, that is nearly all for our programme this morning. Now, first up, runs like a World Cup, far less corrupt. Uh, but what we do is uh, we have an entire uh, machine behind us. And Marvash, you're going to help me try, I'm, I'm because I want to try and get this right. I want to try and get Qatar. Qatar. I want to try and pronounce it correctly. Go, 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 go Marvash. Marvash, of course, uh, one of our producers here. Uh, go for it, Marv. How do I say it? Qatar. Pardon? Qatar. 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 No, that means danger. Qatar. 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 Like hotter. Hotter. No, Qatar. Hotter. Qatar. No, no. How do I do the khe? It's a K. It's a Q. But I like I've swallowed it. Yeah. Qatar. Sorry. Qatar. 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 Not Qatar. That was close. Qatar. So it's like, welcome back. No, the R was all wrong. Qatar. Qatar. You're Māori. Qatar. Qatar. Daniel Qatar. Yes, yeah. I'm there. I'm yeah, there. Yeah, yeah you're there. Yeah, there. Qatar. 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 Yeah, there. Th- thank you. Qatar. 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 Yeah, yeah. Qatar. Yeah. Yeah. We'll try again tomorrow. Okay, I've got it. Okay, thank okay. you, Mabash. There okay. we go. Uh, we'll have more news from Qatar coming up. The uh, score at the moment is Ecuador 2, Qatar nil. Did I get that right? You got that right. Pretty cool. Thank you. Uh, A lot of people saying, red onions, way too much money. Yeah, they are. Uh, Morning Report is next with Kim and Corin. From all of us here at First Up, have yourselves a wonderful day. We build to be better every day. That's why you can download the podcast and take us with you. We'll be back in your ears, uh, Paul Paul, with stories of... Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Marv. 